You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Podcast. Well, thank you for inviting us into your home today or wherever you might be watching. Uh, If you've been following our current series, you know that for the past weeks, we found ourselves in the Gospel of John uh, taking a deeper look at the miracles of Jesus. And this morning, we're going to take uh, a look at yet another miracle. And this miracle actually happens in a, in a bit of an unconditional or unconventional way, I should say. Um, so the, the miracle is found in John chapter 9. So if you would take your Bibles, uh, wherever you might be, take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 9. You might be navigating your way there electronically. But while you're doing that, I want to just take a moment and I want to pray uh, for our time in the word this morning. Would you join me as I pray? Father, thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is active, that your word is alive, that it is your very breath. And so today, as we look to your word, we ask that by the power of your spirit and through the truth of your word, that you would change us, that you would transform us so that we might become more like you. So now, In these moments, we surrender ourselves to you, we submit ourselves to you, and we anticipate that there will be great change in our lives because of your word. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'd like to begin this morning by asking some questions. I love to ask questions, so there's several that I want to ask you. And the first question that I'll throw out to you is, have you ever been in a situation where it was so dark that you literally could not see your hands in front of your face or in a situation that was so dark you lost your bearings you you didn't know which way was up and which way was down in fact if you've been in a situation like that this would be a great time to in the online chat just tell us in a couple of words you might say uh, in a forest in a basement in a cave but share with us uh, some of those places that you might have been in such a dark uh, situation and while you're doing that I'll share one of mine um, I recall on several occasions while having an overnight stay uh, in a hotel, waking up in the middle of the night and recognizing I need to go to the restroom. And so I get up out of the bed and I begin to navigate my way to where I think the restroom is. But it's so dark in the room that I don't really know where I am. And so instead of making my way to and through the restroom door, I run into the wall. And trust me, that's happened more than one time. And I can thankfully say uh, nothing suffered other than my pride. But how about you? What is one of the darkest times that you've experienced? Or have you, has, has there ever been a time where you were uh, lost or you were stranded in the dark? Again, just you, you just lost your bearings. You, 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 you didn't know where you were. Um, this week, I, I came across the story of Donald Cerrone. Uh, Donald is a, a world champion, mixed martial arts competitor. And um, he tells the story of being in Cozumel and, and, and doing some diving. And on one particular day, uh, he was out with an instructor. They were going to do a deep cave dive. And he said as they uh, began to dive and they entered into the mouth of the cave, the instructor actually lost his buoyancy And because of that, he began to kick up the silt that was on the floor of the cave. And as that silt began to rise up through the water, it created a scenario where it was complete darkness. 
as Saron uh, began to assess the situation, he knew that if he didn't figure a way out, he was going to be in big trouble. In fact, as he assessed the situation, he began to panic a little bit. Somehow, some way, he was able to make his way out of that dark setting But the problem is he came out on the wrong side of the darkness. You see, behind him uh, were the depths uh, of that dark cave. And in front of him was all of the darkness that was created by the silt that had risen up from the cave floor. And so uh, as he was still assessing the situation, still in a bit of panic, he remembered that when they were coming into the cave, uh, in the ceiling of the cave, there was a crack that allowed some light in. And some way, he was able to trace his way back to that location where that crack was. And because he began to see the light, that light was able to begin to allow him to uh, remove himself from all of the darkness that was surrounding him. And he was able to come back to a place of freedom. Thankfully, um, Saron's uh, situation, his scenario was temporary. But today, as we look into John chapter 9, we want to look at the story of a man who um, had a situation where he was in complete darkness. But unfortunately, his was not a temporary situation. Because he was born blind, uh, darkness is the only thing that he had known his entire life. But there is good news, and the good news is this. Um, This man that we're going to read about today had an encounter with the most incredible uh, light that we could ever experience, and of course that light is Jesus Christ. So I would like for you to follow along as I read from John chapter 9, the first nine verses, and then we're going to talk about it a little bit. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, Who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means scent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, no, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. And they asked, how were your eyes opened? Um, Let's take a deeper dive into uh, into these nine verses. And let's begin by asking the question, what do these nine verses tell us uh, about this man, this man who was born blind? Well, to begin with, the first thing the verses tell us, the nine verses tell us that uh, not only was the man blind, but the man was born blind. If you and I have never experienced blindness, I think that we would find it very challenging to understand what it really means to live an entire life in darkness. But let's think about it for a moment. This man had never seen the face of his mother. This man had never seen the face of his father 
or his grandmother or his grandfather, if he had siblings, brothers and sisters, he had never seen their faces. He had never seen the faces of his family or his loved ones. Um, this man had lived his entire life in complete darkness, so he had never seen uh, the, the beauty of God's creation. So we know that this man was born blind. The second thing that we know about this man is that this man was broken. Uh, yes, he was blind and he was born blind, but he was also broken. Uh, the passage tells us that this man, uh, because he was blind, he wasn't able to find employment. So he was forced to become a beggar. And as a beggar, he was forced to depend on others to uh, supply his needs. And so throughout his life, this man was forced to live in poverty. And then there's a third thing that we know about this man from these nine verses. And we might find it a little surprising, but this man was a blessed man. Yes, I understand he was blind, born blind. And I understand that he was broken. He had lived a life of poverty. But I also understand from the passage that this man was blessed because this man had an encounter with Jesus Christ, the light of the world. And Jesus was able to break through this man's darkness and change his entire life. What else do we uh, know from these verses? Well, um, uh, we know that Jesus was out and about with his disciples. And uh, as they were moving along, as they were walking, um, Jesus this man who has been blind from birth. And very obviously, his disciples see him as well because they present Jesus with a question. And that question is simply, whose fault is it? Why is this man blind? Is it because of his sin or is it because the sin of his parents? And I love Jesus' response. It's such a great response. It's a simple response, but yet it's a profound response. And his response is, um, this isn't a sin problem. There's no sin to blame here. Instead, this is an opportunity for this man and everyone who learns about this man's story to um, uh, see the greatness of God. And then we continue to move on. And remember earlier I said, even as I was beginning, that this miracle uh, happens in somewhat of an unconventional way. So uh, Jesus, he sees the man and uh, he makes his way to the man. He spits uh, in the dirt. He, he makes some mud. Uh, and then he takes the mud and he, he wipes it in the man's eyes. And he says, I want you to go to this pool. The pool's called Siloam. I'm sure the man was familiar with it. Um, I want you to go to this pool and I, and I want you to wash the mud out. And then I love how it reads. It says that, so the man went and he came home seeing. Isn't that incredible? This man who had been born blind from his entire, uh, his entire lifetime, born blind from birth, uh, now suddenly has taken mud, washed it from his eyes, and, and now he can see. Jesus broke through this man's darkness. There's a writer by the name of Robert Louis Stevenson, and uh, he gives uh, a, a great picture 
at least to me, uh, of what happened on this occasion. He explains that as a, as a child growing up in Edinburgh, Scotland, that he was enamored by the um, lamplighters as they went throughout the city streets at night, uh, carrying their ladders, going from lamppost to lamppost, lighting the streets as night was falling. And uh, he recalls that uh, on one occasion, his parents heard him as he was watching. They heard him shout out, look. Look, there's a man out there and he's punching holes in the darkness. Isn't that incredible? Because that's exactly what Jesus does for us. Jesus punches holes in our darkness. In the deepest, darkest places of our life, Jesus breaks through and he brings the light. Um, this man's story of darkness is it's a, it's a powerful reinforce, reinforcement of this, this truth that we, we're learning in Scripture. But I also believe that there's another call from this passage. And that call is that when dark times come, we need to think of those dark times uh, in a different way. Actually, we need to think of dark times in a redemptive way. We need to look at the dark times that we experience, that we go through, and we need to ask, God, what is it that you want to do? How do you want to redeem these dark times so that the world can see your greatness? That's the question that we have to ask. So with that, I, I, I think I would say so many of us that, that's not our place uh, where we start our thinking. We, we don't typically start there. Uh, typically, when we're in dark times, we think about how can I get out of this situation? And the, the, the emphasis is on I, me. How can I get out of this situation? Instead of our emphasis being placed on Jesus, asking Jesus, what do you want to do in this situation? And when we ask that question, it represents that different way of thinking. So... Let me ask another question. What does that different way of thinking look like when we find ourselves in dark times? And so I want to walk you through some things that that really um, give to a change in thinking in dark times. So to begin with, when we find ourselves in times of darkness, the right way to think is to recognize that dark times provide an opportunity for the assurance that God is aware. It's really easy in our dark times to somehow uh, feel that God has abandoned us or that God has distanced himself from us or somehow that God doesn't care or somehow that God isn't aware. Um, somehow he, 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 he's just left us on our own. And I want to say today that there is nothing further from the truth. It is not true. God never distanced himself from us. In this story, immediately we read in verse 1 uh, that as Jesus was going about, he saw this man who had been born blind. So Jesus is walking about and he is very aware of this man. He saw this man in his darkness. And the same has to be true for you and I. In our deepest, darkest times, God sees us. God is aware and God is at work. And you know what he's doing? As God is aware of our seasons of darkness, he's punching holes in the darkness. He's punching holes and he's bringing his light into our situation. 
Um, when we find ourselves in uh, dark times, the right way to think is to recognize that dark times are best seen as opportunities for God to work a miracle. Um, the disciples viewed this man as an unsolved riddle. We know that because they asked the question, well, why is this man this way? Whose fault is it? Whose sin is it that has caused this man to be born blind? But when we look at Jesus' response, we recognize that he has a whole different mindset. Instead of saying, who can we blame this on? He, his, his thought process is, this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity for a miracle. This is an opportunity for everyone here to see the greatness of God. And we have to think the same way. When we find ourselves in dark times, we have to recognize that this is an opportunity. I may not like what's going on. I might not like this situation, but right now this situation is a reality. And in this reality, how might I position myself so that God can reveal to me his greater purpose in this dark time? How might God be able to create a miracle, perform a miracle in this time that causes him to punch holes in the darkness that we're experiencing and allow people to see how great God. It's an excellent time. It's the perfect time for a miracle. When we find ourselves in dark times, the right way to think is to recognize that dark times allow us to experience uh, God's purpose for sending Jesus into the world. Uh, think about it. Just before Jesus performed this miracle, he said to the disciples, I am the light of the world. In speaking those words, he revealed to the disciples the very purpose, the very reason for his coming into the world. He came into the world to bring light into the darkness of the world. And on a personal level, we have to believe that the same is true for us. Jesus came into the world. He's come into our lives to punch holes in the darkness. He's, he's come into our lives so that uh, we can experience the true light, the only light, the only light that will satisfy. That's why Jesus came. And it's not just about everybody else, but it's about us personally as well. When we find ourselves in dark times, a right way to think is to recognize that dark times allow us to see that God is creative in the way he performs miracles. I mean, think about it. Isn't this really creative? It's so creative how God performed this miracle. I mean, he spits in the dirt and he creates mud and he smears the mud in the man's eyes. I wonder what the people around who were watching might have thought. I wonder what the man might have thought. He smears the mud in the, eye, in the man's eyes and then he says, go, go and wash. Here's, here's what we have to understand from, from that. God is not locked into a formula. God's miracle working power is not about a formula. You see, um, God's miracle working power is, is about faith, but it's about faith in the source of the miracle rather than the method of the miracle. There's all kinds of methods, and God can work in so many ways. In fact, even in this time where we're in a world pandemic, we can't box in how God might do miracles. 
I fully believe that God is at work, even in the darkness of our world right now. I believe that God is punching holes in the darkness and he's bringing his light. And so we can't say, God, you can only do it this way. But we recognize that God is a creative God. I mean, after all, God is the one who created the universe. And I don't know if you looked around lately, but especially as spring is coming in, it's beautiful outside. Because God is creative. So we put our faith in the source of the miracle rather than the method. And we let God work that out. And finally, when we find ourselves in dark times, the right way to think is to uh, recognize that dark times provide opportunities for us to respond with faith-filled actions. You know, throughout this series... We've emphasized the fact that most often in the miracles, there's a human element involved. We've seen that throughout. And there's nothing different in this scenario. I am convinced that if this man had not have gone to the pool of Siloam after having the mud placed in his eyes, if he had not gone and washed the mud away, that he would not have received the miracle of sight. He would not have received the gift of light flooding into his soul through his eyes. The same is true for us. Um, God Uh, wants us to join in with him with what he's doing. It's not that he needs us. He is very capable capable of performing a miracle without our help. But when we join in, something happens inside. Our faith is stirred and we get to experience through our faith filled actions, Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Bringing his light into the dark places, not only in our lives, but in the lives of those around us, the lives of those that were hurting for, the lives of those who were in great need. Faith-filled actions lead to miracles. You know, um, this whole message has been about dark times. Uh, and it's really interesting. The, the outline for this message was prepared uh, weeks ago actually prepared before we were in a pandemic worldwide. It was prepared before uh, we were in uh, uh, shutdowns or social distancing scenarios. Uh, But as I began to work on this message, I thought, God, your timing is perfect uh, because our world is in a dark time and we need you to punch through the darkness and bring your light. But apart from the darkness that our world is experiencing right now, I wonder, are you experiencing other dark places in your life? Are there places where um, you just feel overwhelmed by the darkness that uh, you you've lost your bearings? You don't know way which way is up and which way is down, which way is right, which way is left. Um, and so in that, uh, you, you, you just feel it's, it's just so dark right now. And if so, here's what I want to say to you today. God wants to punch through the darkness in, his li- in your life. He has sent his son, Jesus Christ, into the world just for you. He wants to do a miracle in your life. He doesn't want you to live in darkness, but he wants you to experience his great life and his light and his miracle working power. So I ask you again today, what are the areas in your life where you need 
the light of Jesus to shine through the darkness. I want to pray for you right now. I want to pray for us in that very regard. So would you join me as I pray? Father, thank you. Thank you again for your word. Thank you for the power in your word. Thank you for the life it gives. Thank you for reminding us this morning that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, as the light of the world. You've sent him into our hearts. You've sent him into our lives. And so because of that, we don't have to live in darkness. And so this morning, as we um, consider your word, uh, we just pray for everyone who is experiencing darkness right now. Those who are overwhelmed by the darkness of a worldwide pandemic known as uh, the coronavirus, COVID-19 but also for those who are experiencing dark places even before this came about. I pray that you would work in their hearts, that you would work in their lives, uh, that you would punch through the darkness, and that they would experience your great, miraculous light in every area. I pray that they would experience wholeness in every part of their being. And Father God... um, we thank you because you hear us when we pray. And with your uh, eyes still closed, your head bow, heads bowed, uh, maybe you're watching today and um, you've never actually entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if that's true, uh, we want to help you do that today. It's very easy. Uh, it's simply uh, talking to God and saying, God, I recognize that I'm lost. I'm in the dark because I've never experienced Jesus Christ, the light of the world. And I recognize that there are some things in my life, some failings, some sin that has separated me from you. But I believe that Jesus, your son, gave his life for me on the cross and that his blood was shed for the forgiveness of my sin and so that I could have eternal life. So I believe that today and I accept him as my savior. You can do that right where you are right now. I just want to give you a moment to do that. Thank you, Jesus. Now, everyone, open up your eyes, wherever you might be watching. Um, Today, if you um, just responded to Jesus and said, Jesus, I want you to be my Savior, come into my life, then would you simply in the online chat type yes so that we can know and agree with you for what you've done? Um, And if today you have a prayer need, you can also let us know on the online chat. Just let us know what your prayer need is. We have pastors who are available to, to pray with you and whatever your need might be. Again, thank you for inviting us into your home today or wherever you might be viewing. It's always a pleasure. Right now, I'm going to toss it back to our online host, but have a blessed day in every way as you experience Jesus. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.